What's up everyone? It's Fitter Food Radio episode 108 and I'm of course here with the always awesome Keris Marsden. Oh, you're gonna that's like 107 compliments, isn't it? I compliment sorry. you on every episode. You do. Why don't you compliment me? Because you might get a big head. Impossible. <laughs> you're too attractive as it is. If you need to be brought down a peg. Shucks. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so yeah, we're here. Episode 108. We are. And what are we talking about? Uh, we are going to do immune system today. In fact, not in this episode. In this episode, I'm going to do tips on, because basically it's that time of year, change of season, the cold and flu. We're kind of moving into autumn in the UK, but mm-hmm. you know, people get sick all year round. But it's the time of year people start to think about it a little bit more, like what can I do to boost my immune system? And it's, it's good to kind of start yeah. before you know, the kind of the bugs come in and winter sets in and yeah. we, our vitamin D levels drop. But also because I've not been so well myself, so I thought I'd kind of share with you guys just some experiences at the lurk. That I had at the lurk. And also in future episodes, what I want to do is really kind of break down the immune system and how it works. Cool. So I'm going to come up with some kind of... I'm busy that day. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're going to love it. <laughs> I'm coming up with a, a really long analogy. Oh, wow. That is about walking Hamish. Well, you'll have to cool. wait and see yeah, anyway. Well, let's not ruin the surprise. You know, keep, keep that to yourself. <laughs> I am a natural killer cell. You're a macrophage and how it all works. And that's what I'm gonna, how I'm going to explain it. can't wait. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. <laughs> Matt the macrophage. Anyway. Yeah, I can imagine this is like a five-part series on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be fair, at least it would. The immune system. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit educational. Maybe a little but, cliffhanger. It's fascinating because it's so, the immune system is so complicated that when I had to learn it for exams, even now I have to go back through it on a a regular basis and try and understand the different cells because different arms of the immune system get tipped. Like you have like a kind of almost like a seesaw, but it's more multidirectional than a seesaw. It's got four or five prongs to it. But people have a tendency to kind of be more dominant in one type of immunity, but that makes them more vulnerable to another type of immunity. I haven't phrased that very well, but if part of the immune system dominates, they're more vulnerable to certain conditions is a better way of putting it. Does that make sense? Kind of. So, and there's some people who've tried to really study and refine this and say, like, if this arm of your immune system is slightly high and you can measure it by looking at some of the kind of inflammatory markers and and chemicals called cytokines, then it would suggest that you're more likely to get this autoimmune condition or this condition. So you've got that genetic component, then you've got actually what's going on with your immune system right now. And then some people have come in and gone, no, you can't say that's too simplified. And then the more I study it, the more I think, we don't really know what we're doing with the immune system, but... You could get the basics right that you learn in kind of like, like you learn it at school a little bit, like the kind of basic physiology. I think it helps to understand that. And my one takeaway from studying it all is just how damaging viruses are, and certain bacterial infections. Mm-hmm. Just and they can they they hang out for years, and people don't even know that they're they're kind of walking around with them, and they just you know they can be kind of causing you problems all the time. But then they definitely cause you problems if you run your body down. So yeah, yeah. Rather than kind of overcomplicate it, it's more from my perspective I've always been like just support the immune system as much as I can with a client rather than running all these expensive tests and trying to figure out like what's going on like which yeah, part yeah. of the immune system's high or low like you can almost gauge it from what you give to a client if it doesn't work and it makes them feel worse then you can kind of get some some okay definitely so a common example that used to be talked about was TH2 dominance, which is an arm of the immune system that's kind of related to things like the mucous membranes. So things that like your sinuses or your ears and also things like your skin health as well. So if you were kind of hay fevery, sinusy, eczema, constant ear infections, maybe even kind of like tonsil infections, you were you were kind of more, okay, this is your TH2 dominant, if that makes sense. Yeah. And there are lots of people that you know like that. And then we've kind of talked about this before, I think, on a podcast. And lots of people that have never had any of that stuff. So yeah. They might be TH1 dominant, but now it's a little bit more complicated than that. But again, the goal is still the same in terms of if we do the basics. And the basics for me is always stay with your vitamins and minerals, because these are what have been studied for you know, such a long period of time. And they're, they're called vitamins and minerals because they're so vital for function in the body. Yeah. Whereas other things that we can take for immune system support, like, for example, herbs, echinacea and mushrooms is another example. You might want to try them, but if you notice a negative response from them, there's a chance you've not hit the right branch of the immune system. Mm-hmm. So you drop them out, basically. And ideally do them under the guidance of someone who knows 
what they're talking about. But it's always funny, isn't it, when, like, if anyone's got, like, a cold or flu or something, all of a sudden they start... What does everyone take normally? Um, normally, about, like, Barocca or something like that. Or, or they start smashing loads of, like, vegetable soup. So, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, must get the veg down, me. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, now you've got a bloody cold. Why not do it anyway? Well, people do, like, a gram of vitamin C, like, every hour or something, which, which is it's a laxative, what? by the way. I've seen this in offices before and people say, oh, I'm going to do like a gram of vitamin C. Well, where, where's that come from? Where's the... That? Like it's that kind of like office knowledge that you pass on to take tons of vitamin C, man, if you get cold, to get rid of it. But Barocca's is like, I hate Barocca. If you look at what's in half of these products, a lot of them have things like caffeine in, which will make people feel a little bit better. Mm. Gosh, I'm as guilty as anyone. If I've got to be at work, I had a lecturing session when it was a bit rough and I was like, I'm going to have to have caffeine because I just need to be focused and I need, I need to... need something. Yeah, basically. But look what's in, when I, when you're taking these things, do look at the ingredients. And there are times that you just are just going to need to resort to old school, you know, cold and flu stuff, paracetamol, ibuprofen, and, and like, you know, you don't want to be taking those things all the time, every week and every month if you're a woman for kind of like, you know, menstrual pain and those kind of things. But if, if in that instance, you need it just once in a while, I mean, I nag you, I'm like, do you have to? Like, And you're like, yeah, I do. I, was like, I can't actually work today with mm. this headache and it's gone instantly. And then yeah. you know, like you need to hydrate and get to bed early that night. Because, I mean, I, I don't often take like... Neither of us do. We try not to like take... painkillers, but sometimes like, you know, when you're like, you look at your to-do list and you're like, I've got a lot to do today. And ideally that needs to be done today. Yeah. But at the moment I just can't even think, think straight because my head is just pounding. And I'm like, I just, just need to pop a couple of... Pop a couple of pills. You, that's how you always me. explain it to me. You never just go, I've got a headache. You always come in and you go, my head is pounding. Yeah, but so no. I know that it's like the biggest headache in the world. I'm going to take some pills. But it's just, you know. I like, not the vitamin pills. <laughs> the <laughs> pills. The pills. <laughs> the norofen. But to be fair, like when I'm in blimey, it's like my body doesn't do anything by arse. You know what I mean? If I get a headache, it's like... It's brutal, yeah. you know, to the point where even just I, we get we're getting the message. Ho- holding my head up <laughs> is, is painful. You don't. It's, this is this is a man headache. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. You're going to come up with manburofen or something soon man. for that for that man. extra powerful. But it'd be the same. Do you know what? It'd be the same amount that we give women, but it would just make men feel like it's going to hit you, the man. You, man. you women. You, you think? <laughs> You're so much better than us, don't you? Yeah, you know, you think, oh, you know, man flu. We've got a better pain threshold. That's it. We just nailed that one. You've got, you can't deny it. Yeah. Well, listen, we can never have this conversation. No one can experience <laughs> both. What? Well, it's like you would never experience. Oh, I see. I getting see. kicked in the balls. Yeah. Hurts. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about those two things, and you're going to say you never experienced childbirth. Exactly. I wasn't going to talk about those two things, actually. But to be fair, I would probably imagine giving birth hurts a bit more than getting kicked in the balls. But to be fair, pain in itself and your experience of pain is all related to your immune system and things like your neuroendocrine immune system, really, because it's how this is why the diseases like fibromyalgia, which is like chronic pain, is related to usually a viral infection, which upsets the immune system and affects pain signaling in the body and pain signaling is one of the most complicated systems in the body Mm. and people can get chronic pain syndrome we've seen this with things like toothache you know where it lasts for years and no one quite understands what's going on they can't see it they can't there's nothing wrong with that tissue and it's like also as well how many times have you had like let's say you've had an injury of sorts or something that's been niggling and you say to yourself oh god you know what my back's been felt really really good today then almost minutes later, your back starts jipping. And you're like, hang about. Is there something in this? Yeah, maybe. You know, like, I, I was fine. And the second I kind of addressed the fact I had no pain, yeah, yeah. I felt pain. But I think that, I mean, so then you're completely right. And I think, but there's definitely, and also there's this thing of like anticipating pain. I think that, you know, when they say, when you know it's coming, it's worse. Do you see what I mean? You've heard that before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you get in the dentist chair, for example, I went to a, a kind of holistic dentist. It was amazing because they did everything from like kind of... What makes it holistic? Loads does of he, stuff. Does he like... Uh, does he sing no. whilst he's... No, but you were allowed music if you wanted. You could have music in your headphones. He said you can plug in your phone if you want to. You can... You got a homeopathic remedy. You got some charcoal in your mouth. Anyway, I was having a filling removed, like a mercury filling. 
And he uses all the normal stuff, like an anaesthetic, and there's nothing holistic in that. He's like, we're getting some chemicals in you while we take this out. I've not talked about this before on a podcast. The nurse, like, strokes your arm because, like, co- physical contact, like, reassurance is, like, nice. It's a, oh. it's a, it's a you know, they ask you first, you're, you're okay, you know. <laughs> kind of stroke. <laughs> yeah, it could go a bit wrong, couldn't it? Anyway, and, um, but, yeah, that anticipation of this is going to hurt, and I, I think, it, you know, just, anyway. Pain is something so common. That that's a whole like twenty years of your life. You want to go and research pain and pain signaling in the body. But right back to the immune system. The immune system plays a big part in that. And there's more stuff recently coming out about kind of pain threshold is a true thing because it can be down to kind of receptors on cells and people. Some people have more than others and that kind of thing. So some people genuinely experience more pain than others. But I just like to take the Mickey out of you because you do because you're never just I'm okay. I'm not feeling great. You are like I'm okay or Oh my god! Yeah, but this is the thing. I feel like I can't move. But, like it's so dramatic. You're you're either extremes. You want to fall out? Pounding headache. But I think us blokes, you know, we 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 get given our time. You know, you don't understand that man flu is a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's beyond flu. <laughs> this why it's called man flu. It's not just it's flu and I'm a man. It's, there's more to it than that but you'll never understand because you can't have man flu no i know well i might one day you know so, you never know be a bit more <laughs> understanding <laughs> back me up fellas <laughs> what's it like to be kicked in the balls like, describe grim. that pain well put it this way right let's say you're playing football yeah you're going for a tackle yeah yeah and Balls, Quite. tackle. No, no. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, and someone kicks you in the ankle or the shin or the knee or whatever. You feel it. Yeah. But the adrenaline's there. You crack on. Yeah. And you deal with the aches and pains later. Yeah, it shouldn't be pretty harsh, to be fair. Huh? Someone told me the shin was one of the most painful places. To yeah, it hurts. Yeah. yeah, okay. But, you know, if you're wearing shin pads, but even so, that doesn't protect your whole shin, blah, blah, blah. You feel it. You know it's happened, but you're like, whatever. You carry on playing. That's that. Yeah. Whereas if you got need in the balls or a ball kicked in your balls. Yeah. A ball in the balls. Yeah. There's no kind of going, oh, yeah, I felt that, but I'll deal with that later. It's debilitating. Yeah. Like, it's like, bosh, it floors you, like, instantly. And the pain lingers for a long, long time. And it's just a very weird pain that's like a, like this constant like dull ache in your stomach. And yeah. I wish see, I, I, wish now had a, I, know, I wish I had a woman here now to tell you about labour and how labour lasts for like three days and some, some Oh, I don't doubt it. I'm not, <laughs> I, honestly, my, my hat goes off to, to, to women. It really does. Like I... Uh, I can't honestly imagine. Hops, by the way, is a natural painkiller. So maybe take, take some hops to football if you get... Some, what, take like a whiskey with me? <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be my half-time drink. If I was on the Lucasade, I'm on, on Jack Daniels. Hops is good for pain. <laughs> um, right. So we were going to talk about the immune system. Where, where to start? Okay, so... Backstory to this is there are lots of things that you can do in terms of nutritional interventions and natural remedies and things that help with immune support. But you're totally right in that point where you you said most people start when they fall ill. And really, you should anticipate kind of like now. I mean, we should be eating all year round. Well, it's like we always say, you know, prevention is always better than cure. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's easier to prevent something than it is to deal with it when it's in full effect. Yeah. You know, and that can go across the board for anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even debt. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's best not to get into it in the yeah. first place. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try and deal with it once you're in it. That's quite hard. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is, is kind of what could you do now in terms of combination of natural things, nutrition and lifestyle stuff that it's and just things it's really important to know because one thing that most people do not realise is kind of the impact of things like training and exercise mm-hmm. and stress on, on the immune system. They kind of do when they say it, but they don't actually do anything about it until stress makes them sick or overtraining makes them sick. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some things from there. But really, one thing that I wanted to also emphasize is I kind of came down with, it was just woke up with a sore throat about a week ago and 
like two weeks ago and you know when you kind of have you wake up and you can't swallow and it's like everyone says oh it's raised in my throat like yeah. a, you know swollen glands and I was just a bit like but the thing is you can have that in the morning and then it's gone by like yeah, the day goes, can't yeah. so I was a bit like come on don't be a wimp I did cancel get some nuts my, <laughs> I did cancel my run that day I was like no, okay we definitely won't run and can I just say there is a rule that I used to read about in a runner's magazine that said if you wake up and your symptoms are neck down um, don't run if it's if it's kind of sore throat you know, or, or neck up, I think was the rule, sore throat kind of goes either way, then run. What they were trying to say was, if it's a cold, run. And if it's more like a viral thing where, you know, you can like, you can really Some feel it in your other tissues or, yeah, people say, I feel it in my bones, I feel cold, I think, you know, don't run. I'm just going to say, don't run, full stop. Mm. Like, it's just going to delay the healing process because your immune system requires energy and people's blood sugars go all over the place. So blood sugars, you know, will often go um, maybe low because there's a lot of inflammatory cytokines which are changing how cells take up glucose from the bloodstream into the cell. Or it might go uh, blood sugars, you might go slightly... um, almost like insulin resistance, so you don't listen to hormone insulin on purpose because what your body's trying to do is keep blood sugar levels a bit higher so that your immune system has got glucose. Can deal with And that. it needs the glucose to be able to fuel itself and to be able to, lots of tissues, you know, have to be regenerated, repaired, that kind of stuff. But yeah, your immune system needs energy, so there's a good chance that your blood sugars go all over the place. The last thing your body needs is, is any kind of exercise. And that could be, I'm talking weight training, I'm talking cardio, mm. even yoga, because the other thing that you're doing in those environments is taking a body that's trying to deal with an infection, so immune system is vulnerable, into an environment that is loaded with infections, like infectious well, opportunities, it, yeah. like gyms, gym floors, gym equipment, yoga, sweaty, um, feet. sweaty feet, you know, like, a, but even the tube or the train getting there, you know, all those kind of maybe you drive. So I'm kind of thinking like more London based now, but so, so don't put yourself in unnecessary environments. You may have to go to work. It may be a kind of non-negotiable, but you don't have to go into those environments where bacteria and, and, you know, germs are able to thrive. So that's the kind of number one thing is. The thing is though, is like for a lot of people, exercise is that I've done this many a time. I know other people have done this many a time. Like you, you're feeling a bit groggy. You might feel like you're starting to come down with something. Okay. You go to the gym, you do a little something, all of a sudden you get the endorphin rush and you you perk up a little bit and then maybe you push it a little bit harder than you had planned because you're like, oh, I feel all right. And then you feel great. You're like, oh, I'm glad I trained. And then two hours later, bosh, yeah. you're just like, oh, my God. If you fall asleep, that's what I would say. If you fall asleep or you're like really sleepy two to four hours later, that's a good sign that that you know reflect on that like your body didn't want you to train because mm. now it's exhausted and now it's got to try and fight that fight and repair the body from the training session which is also going to require protein you know glucose all that kind of stuff like why give it more to do like <laughs> you're in debt don't give yourself more debt you know like, yeah, you just say don't. that <laughs> so, but, i mean i tell you something a classic example i can give here don't get me wrong i learned my lesson the hard way and um, yeah but you do learn from these things well you should do when i was a like a full-time pt you know, completely self-employed, you know, quite simply, if I didn't train clients, I didn't earn money, etc. And pre-fit of food, you know, when my diet wasn't as good as it is now, it's very rare that I get ill now. I used to, I used to say to you, it's like clockwork, wasn't it? Like I used to just get cold and flu, yeah. like without foul, you know, in the colder months. And I could almost like, I could almost put it in my diary that I was going to get like a flu in December yeah, yeah. but I'd normally get rid of it and then get it again yeah you know and I'd, and I'd get it numerous times and whatever but what I would tend to do with work was because I didn't want to I didn't want to let people down for a start I didn't yeah, want to yeah. cancel clients and whatnot and I'd be like you know like you know like you say like come on Matt like man up soldier up whatever I wouldn't say that if you were ill now Huh? I wouldn't say that if you were ill now. You just made me look terrible no I mean like you <laughs> said you said that, to yourself yes. about, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah like and I would do that and I'd try and push through, push through, push through. But of course, you know, my body's fighting something. Yeah. The last thing it probably needs is me getting up at 4.30 in the morning, being in a gym environment from 6.30 a.m. till 9 p.m. Yeah. And what I would do is I'd push through it, but then my body would just go into complete shutdown and I'd end up having to have like three, four days off. Yeah, yeah. Whereas what I then started to do was when I could feel it, I'd go like, do you know what? I'm going to have a day off. I'm going to get loads of sleep, eat good food, increase my protein a little bit, just chill. And nine times out of 10, that done the job. And all I needed was a day. Yeah. And then the next day, it was almost like my body was able to get on top of it and I could go back to work. But that's, so, that's it, it, I really of it is that the quicker you do that, 
the quicker you heal. Yeah. But people use that as a last resort, and that's the problem. And, and that's exactly what I did. So when you're saying about man up, I did the same thing. I fell ill, and I had commitments to lecture, and I was like, I can't let can't let people down. You know, I just can't. So I was going to London, didn't train. I was quite sensible about that at least, but lectured. And then it got to the point by day five when this sore throat thing wasn't going away. But then I was also getting some like blisters developed on my skin and I had a rash on my back. And I was like, oh God, this is getting worse. And I was starting to feel fluey. So like it was going into my bones Mm. and saying to you, I'm cold. And I gave it a day. This was by the fifth day. I was like, right, now I'll not work. And then when I woke up the next day ill, I was like, right, now I'm going to the doctors. And it was so stupid because maybe there is a way and it, my doctor was absolutely amazing and he said you may, you probably would have fought it off in a, in a few more days anyway but I said to him I was getting worse like more mm. things were developing but I wasn't resting no. because I was like I need to show up to these things I've yeah. promised people and, and things and, and like my situation is a bit, bit unique in that there is no one to cover me in, in that in those lectures you know yeah, it was yeah. bank holiday so there's you no know, chance yeah. I would find cover you there, know, there so. is like that added pressure of like yeah. I'm going to leave like a load of students in the lurch and, and and whatever and but I think from my perspective my attempts to try and soldier on because I didn't want to let people down and I didn't want to miss out on income actually meant that I let more people down and miss out, out, out more income <laughs> because I was having to have more time off yeah eventually and, yeah. and and it was like whereas like I said I got to the point where I, I could see it and I was like right one day and just focus on it, it, is, it is the quicker you do it 100 because what the other thing that you're doing is if if your immune system is compromised so you're still using devoting energy to because work requires energy the brain requires energy so if you give half your energy towards that and then only half towards the immune system the other thing that can happen is there's just things like opportunistic and, and co-infections that slip in and that's what i think happens with a lot of people and one of the reasons not only does the in, the original in, in infection take hold and then kind of yeah. you know, affect every different system other things you know start to take hold and then you have things like fungal you know like kind of the the fungal um so you get kind of fungal dominance in the gut so then people start to get thrush as well as having a bacterial infection you now have a yeast infection (laughs) it all starts to because you're running the body down Mm. so if you start to just notice loads and loads of different things happening like that that's because you you know you're not giving it's funny i could just so imagine people now when they call in sick going like listen guys like uh Listen to episode one. Fit of food have said. <laughs> yeah. If I just have one day, I'll be bright as rain tomorrow. Otherwise, potentially I could have three days off next week. So this is a better way. <laughs> Which is what they should. Do you know what's really sad though as well? Is you question it quite a lot. I question, I was like, am I really ill? Even though glands are up, can't swallow. And I'm like, yeah, but does this count as ill? And it blatantly counts as ill, but I was like, don't be you know kind of weak about it you know get, get up and it was so weird when I look back I'm like why did I even question whether I was ill or not like but, we, then, but then we, I wonder if I had an office job that I didn't care about would I have just gone I'm definitely ill when you're in a job you don't like <laughs> you just ring in you don't need much you don't need much <laughs> to be fair like you know most people like when they call in sick probably aren't even sick anyway <laughs> whereas if you've got the slightest bit of something <laughs> I would go ringing for me. <laughs> when I used to call so in, I can't even lift the phone up. When I used to call in sick, I used to have this weird thing because I used to be like, "Well, don't do the sick voice." It sounds pathetic, yeah. but then equally, you don't want to try and sound too normal. I just felt that actually it was better to sound normal than to sound really ill because it just seemed more. It, it seemed less try hard. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> are you advising people i'm trying to look at the point that you're getting to. well no to be fair if i was to give any advice i'd be like if you find yourself calling in sick a lot then you need to probably have a you know reflect a little bit on whether you're in the right job because <laughs> oh, i thought you were advising on the voice if no no i wasn't i wasn't i was advising on that <laughs> no but it should just be just like a, just a bit like oh you know hey uh, pounding headache <laughs> yeah just listen I'm, I'm, I'm just really not feeling too hot you know i was trying to push through it but <laughs> I got as far as picking up the phone and calling in sick, and I couldn't. Think or, or the or it, if I was calling in sick early doors for the morning shift to open the gym, it's when I was a fitness instructor. It's like call as soon as you wake up. You know when you're naturally. Oh yeah, groggy. you sound groggy. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you don't even need to put it on. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they're like, "Oh, you sounded terrible." Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to keep it up for days. But it's genuine, you know, because I'm like, I'm not making an effort. Here. I'm literally just like, I'm not even like, my eyes are already half open. Anyway, right back to the immune system. Back to the immune system. So uh, first things first. So 
when you wake up and you can just feel something coming down of course if it's just kind of like oh you know it's just a tickle of the throat those kind of things there's still things that you could do at that onset but if you can rest definitely if it's a weekend and it's social plans just just cut it just chill at home it's a good excuse to do things that you probably never do which is just downtime sofa and and, an extra sleep so if you again if you're feeling tired you know obviously afternoon naps that kind of thing but in terms of the vitamins and minerals that are required and so bear in mind if you have an infection for a long period of time or have been immune compromised for a long period of time so your immune system is working hard some key nutrients that get used up a lot is vitamin a is integral to immune system function and it is something that a lot of people are lacking in at the moment because many people have dropped out animal products so if you want preformed vitamin a remember this is in animal products only so it's in dairy um, it's in fish sorry as well and it's in obviously things like meat and, and, and poultry and this is when you're getting kind of retinol which is preformed vitamin a and, and if you are immune compromised it's kind of worth looking at have i become worse since taking out those foods and do i need to reflect on that a little bit you can obviously do supplements and you can also do beta carotene is your precursor to vitamin A, we mentioned this before on the podcast, but that's the precursor. But they think, you know, like half of the population are, are really bad at making that conversion and quarter terrible at it. So there's a chance that if you've made that dietary change and then notice your immune system isn't great since then, do you need to look at, you can look at supplemental vitamin A drops if you, you know, don't want to eat animal products. And you could look at something like a cod liver oil, which is a really nice way to get some vitamin A, but also things like vitamin E, a little bit of vitamin D in there as well. Because all the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K, it's helpful to kind of keep them all in balance, which we've done a ton of stuff before on this. So again, a nice way to do it is having something like cod liver oil and fish and, and animal products. It's quite an easy way to do it because... I never thought of this. I've mentioned this before in a podcast that those vitamins and minerals are really highly concentrated in the tissues of the animal. So if you eat those parts of the animal, like the skin, for example, mm-hmm. it's going to be have concentrated certain amino acids and things that we want for our skin and nutrients and, and things like that and zinc. Yeah. And then the liver, same thing, because our livers are loaded with things like CoQ10 and B vitamins and vitamin A and things to be able to detoxify. Mm-hmm. The animal's liver is loaded with all of those as well. I just never thought of it like that. Because the animal's liver's doing the same thing our liver's doing. Yeah. I know, but why didn't I think of that? Why did I not make that direct connection? But it's the, cell, the cells of the animal's liver is loaded with everything that we would need, that the liver, our hepatocyte, would need as well. I don't know. But a liver's role is, is universal, I would have thought. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I don't know why I never made that connection, you know. I was thinking... Hey, listen, no one's perfect. I've just ordered a tongue. Don't worry about it. I've just ordered a tongue, an organic <laughs> tongue from Abel and Cole. And I'm just thinking, like... What? From what animal? <laughs> Ox. What? <laughs> would that help with anything, do you think? Like, would it sing or something? <laughs> would it what? Maybe it'll just sing better or something. God, this could go really... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Anyway. anyway um, so, yeah. Organ meats would be a fantastic food to eat if you really wanted to, like, load up on your kind of fat-soluble vitamins. And then fermented dairy, fermented cheeses are really rich in some mm-hmm. of the K's. And, and dairy obviously has A, vitamin A in it as well. But this is interesting because... It's everything everyone's not eating at the moment. Well, not just that, but, you know, it's, it's like I said earlier, when people get cold flu, whatever, and they're like, oh, veg soup, veg soup, veg soup. And it's, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, getting your veggies down, yeah? Good yeah. shout. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But then... You never think of eating some liver when you're sick. Yeah, or just thinking of up in, you know, because we often talk about, you know, when, when we do like just our recent seminar mini tour that we've been doing. And I talk about, you know, try and give people a little bit more of a lowdown on proteins, fats and carbs and, and the role that they play beyond just being an, a food source, an energy source, yeah. whatever. And talking about actually one of a, a big benefit to protein is immune health. Yeah. But, you know, but people don't think. No, no, no. Oh, I'll, I'll up my protein intake yeah, or, yeah. or whatever it may be. It's all veg, like I say. Veg, veg, veg. People think basically veg and vitamin C. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, and, but, yeah fair, fair play. Get it down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, get some protein down you as well. Yeah, but there's, there's, there's something called immunoglobulins. And whenever you see the word like globulin, it's, it's going to be, it's protein basically. And, and yeah, you're completely right. I mean, if you think about it, all our cells are made of basically proteins and the membranes got fats in them. So for any cell, we always need to think about building blocks, but definitely think of, yeah, your immune your, your immune system is, is basically based on protein. So meeting your basic protein requirements, but I would say if you're, again, 
immune compromised or you are training quite a lot or again looking at we do we increase protein for fat loss we increase protein for mood health as well so start to think about 1.2 to 1.5 grams per kilo maybe higher maybe if you've higher. been training and, and you know right up to i'd probably go 1.82 is it's probably the highest i've ever really recommended with a view that we've said before most people don't actually make it anyway when yeah, you put, when you map that out in food, people go, "That's a lot of food." Well, it's always it's always quite dependent, isn't it? Because yeah. you know, let, let's be honest. If we feel that someone needs or would benefit from increasing their protein intake, if it works out that they've kind of been averaging a gram per kilo per day, we're not going to turn around and say, "Right, double that, <laughs> yeah. two grams per kilo." Yeah. You know, there's there's gonna, whereas if someone is on the moderate side, maybe one and a half, yeah, and we Very think fine. they may benefit from a bit more, you know, we might be like one point eight rather than that big massive jump yeah and to be fair it can just be a case of like you know drinking some things like broth as a starter or just adding a little bit of cheese to a salad or snacking on a couple of eggs it's not a lot hard to kind of bump it up by you know 10 20 grams which is don't see working out as so yeah you're um definitely right think about protein uh for sure so we've done protein vitamin a in fact but always make sure you're keeping the fat soluble vitamins kind of in check together um, another thing is the vitamin C and zinc are two that are quite fundamental. Zinc is involved in, in pretty much everything and zinc actually transports vitamin A. So sometimes if you're low in zinc, you end up with a vitamin A deficiency, but actually it was a zinc problem in the first place because zinc is a kind of cofactor for a lot of enzymes. So once you become zinc deficient, a lot of processes in the body can't happen. Both zinc and magnesium are kind of renowned for that. But I'd always be thinking about those two. And then also be thinking about, because zinc is a cofactor as an enzyme in lots of different chemical reactions in the body, the more you do, the more zinc you're going to need. And that is, again, an equation people never make. It's like, can I not just run myself ragged Mm. (laughs) and not expect that I might need to check in on certain nutrients that are used abundantly in lots of different areas of the body, from energy, metabolism, to thinking, to, you know, all these different things. Every time we're kind of using, cells need to take up, you know, an energy source, convert it into something and then do their thing, it's going to require zinc is going to be one of the key, kind of key nutrients as well as B vitamins and other stuff as well. But always be thinking about zinc and vitamin C, definitely. Um, just in terms of those nutrients, if you wanted to supplement, so again, they're, they're quite, I'd say they're easy to get from food if you eat a mixed diet and that's not me being biased in any way. That's, that's just go and look at the, the data. What do you mean it. biased? In terms of, I'm saying a mixed diet because that's what we eat but I'm not being biased or against someone not eating a mixed diet, if that makes sense. But zinc is a nutrient that is, again, abundant in, say, animal products, for example. One of the richest sources is sources is, <laughs> uh, uh, oysters. So oyster sauce, no, I'm joking. So oysters offer you like 33 yeah, milligrams. Which, you know, it's not like a... No, I know, but if, if, you, if you go and put it into nutrition data, you'll see that the hierarchy down. And, and what's oft, people often go, yeah, but pumpkin seeds are a really rich source, but you would need to eat... So many pumpkin seeds to meet your daily requirements. So again, it becomes this thing of the more you do, the more you need. Are you meeting your needs with the diet that you're trying to follow? Or are you having kind of conflicting goals here where you're trying to follow a diet, but you're not listening to what your body needs, if that makes sense? Yeah, but, And this but, is what I tend to find with a lot of people. They want to go more plant-based and drop out animal products, which is a good thing. I think we should all eat more plants and less animal products, genuinely do. But then we also need to keep an eye on how much we're like, training. Just to be clear, like you're not saying people should not eat animal products. I'm saying more plants. More. (laughs) Yeah. Some people, more plants and less animal products. Not everybody. Some people are doing it, you know, nice and balanced way and some people, but many people, not many people actually, but if you're eating too many animal products, then you might want to scale it back. But what I was about to say is, but then if you do go, if when people come to me and say, I want to be more plant-based or 100% plant-based, I say, well, you need to keep an eye on the processes that involve these nutrients because you're no longer eating these nutrients and it's hard to get them from plant sources. And when you often look at cultures that are predominantly plant-based, they don't behave like us. They don't sit on social media 24-7, stressing, going to intense exercise classes. (laughs) It's a very different lifestyle, you know. So, So think about that. But zinc, just to go back to it, really good sources are things like fish and meat are kind of your richest sources so red meat is very rich in it you get some from things like we just mentioned nuts and seeds as well pumpkin seed butter might be a good one because you you get kind of a bigger dose just eating a few teaspoons i think from that rather than just from eating seeds but the thing to note again about seeds for example is you are going to have anti-nutrients in there that block zinc absorption because zinc is really hard or quite hard 
to absorb because there's a lots of kind of things that compete for transport across the gut. So as a supplement, if you are going to supplement, it's best taken on its own. So I often say on its own when you go to bed, which is when we take out and, and zinc citrate is the most absorbable form of zinc so far studied. And it's very cheap, actually. So like six pound for, you know, a month or two supply sometimes, roughly. And Do you have a, you look like you had a question then? No, no, I was just going to say like, um, just you talking about the seeds as well, in terms of if someone's trying to like smashing back pumpkin seeds in a quest to boost their zinc you know do bear in mind that you know seeds are relatively high in fats so from a yeah, yeah, yeah. from a body comp perspective you know like nine, uh, nine calories per gram if you're like oh yeah zinc 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 you know smashing loads of seeds you could be potentially bumping your, your cal- calorie intake up by a fair yeah. bit well i mean the, i think the, the the daily intake re- recommendations are kind of between eight and they go up and down a little bit but something eight but and like, twelve but to get that from pumpkin seed butter is quite a lot yeah doing. and to be fair like i'm not being funny but who's really that into pumpkin I like, seed butter i like pumpkin yeah but you're a bit odd aren't you I in that sense it's nice but you have to put extra sea salt in it that's all i'll say Sea salt makes everything yeah. taste nice. I'll, I'll stick to me, uh, me almond and peanut butter <laughs> with extra honey in it. But but, but the, the the reality is though, isn't it? We you know we always like you mentioned earlier. We talk about eating a variety of foods, you know, across the board. Try and get a variety of protein sources, variety of carb, variety of fats, and if you have got that element of variety there's a good chance you're ticking most of the boxes yeah. from a micronutrient perspective. But I think a lot of people do fall into, it's, it's almost like it's a good habit, but can become a bad habit in that people, you know, start eating better foods, more nutritious foods and, and whatever. They might find recipes or meals that they like and almost then get into this habit of just having the same old thing over and over again because they know they like it they know it's quick and they know it's easy and you know i think someone said that we roughly uh, most people average 15 different foods oh really yeah when you look at like traditional cultures and tribes but because they're so seasonal and they differently across the seasons they're more like double what we but but we even say like even like you know like one of the easiest meals that we often do is a stir fry you know like a, a meat and veg stir fry but even just by a changing the meat you know it might be a chicken and veg stir fry another day might be a beef and veg stir fry and even another simple thing of just changing the veg that's in the stir fry yeah, yeah. you know so it's still essentially the same thing yeah but at least then you're adding that little bit of variety you yeah. know you like it you know it's easy to make but if you seasonally you'd start to get that naturally like yeah start to change but it's hard because the supermarkets aren't seasonal the supermarkets are pretty much standard stuff yeah. all year round so it's who was we talking to the other day though actually a friend of ours from new zealand and he was saying that you know it's uh most things in in new zealand are very much seasonal yeah because you know they don't have the kind of import import that, that we that, have that yeah. we have so and i thought well, actually that's a pretty i was talking to someone who was cool. saying we were talking about eating as your kind of the generations before you did, and they were saying they were from Scotland and that they absolutely just lived on stews and root vegetables and potatoes because it's so cold all year round. Yeah. And I was like, well, that one makes sense, wouldn't it? But yeah. And she was saying how she feels better eating a really high carb diet most of the year mm. and that high fat doesn't really work for her. I was like, oh, interesting. If you're Scottish, maybe you want to hit the potatoes. Patatis. Patatis. <laughs> Patatis. Did you, you it sounded neats. like you just. I was going to say tatties and neats. You tried to attempt a Scottish accent there and no then way. bailed No, would, I wouldn't even dream of doing that. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so you got, you got to commit to them. You can't, you can't just, you can't back out halfway I can, through. I can't, no, I couldn't do Patatis. I, I can't, I, I can do Irish. Potato. That's it. That's terrible. <laughs> that's, like, that's a word. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I know. And it's probably the most like, I mean, that's borderline racism, right? <laughs> it's not. It's um, Bo Select, not Bo Select. So what's his name? Keith Lemon. Keith Lemon, yeah, that's why yeah. I'm doing that. Uh, right, where do we get to? So we did, we've got vitamin A, the fats are all vitamins. We had zinc, we had, uh, we just done zinc. So if you're going to take it, zinc citrate before bed. Uh, a safe dose is kind of like stay low if you don't really know. Um, that's a good line, isn't it? Stay, stay low, low if you, if don't, you know. don't really know. But usually kind of anywhere between 7, 15, 25 if you're really immune compromised. I've seen 50 20, 25 what? milligrams, sorry, and 50 if you're you know really deficient tested and need to know. There is something called a zinc test, 
that you can get from companies like Lambert's where you drink a solution. Do you remember doing this years ago? <laughs> oh, yeah. If you can taste the metal, then you're okay. If you can't taste the metal, suggested to be zinc deficient because zinc is involved in taste and smell. It's also involved in skin health, skin integrity, those kind of things. I don't know about that test, to be honest, but it's a good starting point. You could start with it. And then you might want to do like a zinc copper ratio test, blood test, but it'd be private that you get that done. So, yeah, but it's like, it's like we often say now, when you look at testing of any sort you know like allergy testing food sensitivity testing whatever deficiency testing if you've got like crazy symptoms yeah, yeah. then then yeah maybe you, you might want to know what, what's going on but it's like you say like instead of like testing if you suspect something's wrong and you do look at your diet and go well actually i don't eat much of this i don't eat much of that yeah, yeah, yeah. i do tend can... to eat the same same thing week in All week out maybe i could do with you could draw that conclusion and yeah, yeah, yeah and then see how and you even go. even dosing it kind of like three times a week is a nice way to know that you're probably just going to meet your needs and not mm. overdo it that's another way to to look at something like that and it needs to be balanced with copper so make sure you're eating copper rich foods liver again if people eat liver twice a week there's no way there'll be copper issues for them okay next one is vitamin c which we'd mentioned earlier what i would say with vitamin c is it's one of those where it's People, most, most people say, because it's used a lot by in things like production of neurotransmitters, adrenaline, there's a good chance that a lot of people might have a bit of a, a raised knee, especially if they're high stress and training and those but kind of things. But it's so easy to get from food, isn't it? Vitamin well, C. this is what I was about to say. So, so one thing to know about vitamin C is firstly, it's quite a cheap and not very harmful supplement. So you could just take it. It is ascorbic acid in most supermarkets unless it's labelled buffered which means it then becomes ascorbate. Um, it's kind of attached to something to mean that it, the absorption is better. It doesn't, well, it's kind of bound to something so that it doesn't start to react with other things in the gut because if it does that, ascorbic acid can be highly reactive in the gut, draws water to the gut and is a laxative. So you just have to be careful of that. So there'd be no harm in kind of taking a little bit now and then from a kind of reputable company. Good, And I can always say this, you know, like a good brand that's kind of recommended quite pure. But they actually say to get it from supplements now, liposomal form, is better, which is when it's in a, in a liposomal formula with what's called phospholipids, because then it's absorbed like it's food and then goes into a lymphatic system and travels all the way around the body and then is dropped off finally at the liver. So the, the liposomal delivery is, is kind of, because our cells have got these kind of phospholipid membranes, it will be kind of become, basically kind of cellular delivery is more effective. It's going to yeah. where it needs to be. So that's thought to be a more effective way of, of taking vitamin C. And your question was really, or your point was really good where you said it is easy to get from food. It is. And they say, if you look at kind of the research on like the limeys that who had the, you know, we've told the story before, but the limeys, the British soldiers who yeah. were out sailing and they would ha- take a little half a lime. I think it was like a quarter of a lime brings you back from scurvy. So scurvy is vitamin C deficiency. Here we're not talking about true vitamin C deficiency. We're talking about vitamin c for health and it is destroyed by cooking and it is it does degrade once the food is chopped and once it starts traveling so it really does depend if you're kind of working in a city traveling a lot and grabbing food from like the kind of high street supermarkets and it's from kenya and it's from you know there's a good chance it's depleted of a lot of nutrients but probably vitamin c then you cook it the B vitamins, vitamin C, they're water soluble. So we lose some in the cooking process. So steaming is going to be a little bit better to retain. Soups would be amazing if you're going to drink the water. That's perfect. Um, yeah. Sorry, I've got that wrong way around then, haven't I? What I was about to say was, yeah, steaming will keep a little bit more than kind of boiling to death, obviously. But then if you made a soup and kept everything in there, or yeah. some people use their veg water that they've steamed with and use it for soups, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Make soup. So if you're retaining that water and drinking it, you're going to get more that way my nan when she used to boil like uh, broccoli yeah used to pour the water in a cup just crack over, over a little bit of salt and pepper and then and then drink the water really yeah oh that's good it was really nice oh it was really nice. nice it was almost i don't know it was just something quite depends what you've been as i said it depends what you've been cooking if you're steaming brussels that might not be the best yeah <laughs> there we go yeah you're right and i always think same thing so if you're having like lemon and lime but you've you've chopped the lime a while ago there's probably not going to be much going into the you see what i mean if you slice mm. the lime and left it in the fridge overnight there's not much left so but if you're kind of cutting things like lemons and limes up fresh and squeezing them into like a smoothie that's a great idea and then obviously you've got things like berries the, the smaller the fruit and if it's kind of got you're eating whole fruit you're more likely to get a lot of these nutrients as well so I think it really depends if you're eating local and seasonal, there's a good chance your vitamin C is good, you know, and you don't need to worry about it. But you could look for signs of vitamin C 
insufficiency. One of them is easy bruising, bleeding gums, and then frequent colds and flu is another. So yeah. kind of that immune compromise. But this is the thing, isn't it? It's like, for me, like I said to you earlier, you know, getting colds and flus in the colder months, was it was it was like clockwork for me. Like it was almost without foul. Like every year, yeah. same thing happened. But because most people tend to get sick in the winter, I just perceived it as normal. Yeah. It's just like, hey, it's winter, people get colds and flu, it's just what happens. Yeah, yeah. Whereas actually it's like, well, no, like your body should be strong enough to deal with any kind of like invader, yeah. so to speak. And remember, the, the, not, not, not always. As I say, remember, but, immune system health though is kind of, you know, it's, it goes right back to kind of, you know, kind of mother's health, grandparents' health. It goes, it goes back generations, doesn't it, in yeah. terms of what you're going to be predisposed to. But then also we know how you're born, whether you're breastfed. Not that it's determining anything, but it's just influencing, like, immune, immune education in the early years, what you're exposed to, are you vaccinated, yeah. environment you grew up in, is it city, is it countryside? So all these things feed in, but you're you're absolutely right in that, you know, we can do so much with, we haven't even started on the food, but we can do so much with food and 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 kind of managing stress and things like that and yeah. sleep that it shouldn't be that you are getting colds. I wouldn't say, I mean, this is kind of more than three, four times a year. Like if we're getting more than that, I'd start to question. And the thing is, they are saying that the bugs are becoming so antibiotic resistant and, you know, so I mean, even a little that, bit more. Now, like not to be like, oh, you know, check me out, but like I can't remember the last time I had like a, a full-on cold or flu. You know, like it's not. It's certainly you. You were the worst when we lived in a damp flat. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, gosh, it was terrible. You would sneeze, and like two shoestrings would come out your nose, and, like, dangling around. <laughs> Even back then, I still kind of just perceived it as something that happened at this time of year. Whereas now, I can sometimes go a couple of years or so with yeah. nothing at all, and because obviously my nutrition is so much better. Yeah. So I now know that that it's not normal and I shouldn't just expect to get it every year yeah. and I think if you are getting it numerous times a year it should probably be a bit of a red flag and be like hey uh, yeah, something, something's probably it. not quite right here to be fair when I fell ill my mum was like this is not like you so that's nice she was like this is not like you this must be really serious what is it mm. and she was on the phone every day and but even I was a bit like I've never been this ill for this long in that normally you get if I do get a cold I think I only get like one tw- two a year and they're like a 48-hour thing. Like, you just fight it off really quickly. So I'm yeah, always quite cold. confident. So by day five, I was like, what is going on with my body? I actually ended up having, I've never had this before in my life, it was a group A streptococcus infection, which is basically tonsillitis. But it, it goes to your skin, which I've never seen before. So I was getting blisters on my skin, and that's when I was like, something's gone wrong. Even, like, <laughs> like I've got my ears pierced, and they were, like, they were, like, leaking more, like, mucus is coming out of my ears where my oh, ears nice. are pierced. It was awful. You saw it. You were like, what's happening to your toe? It's leaking. Like, like everything, it was like, a, I think you can get, it must be kind of just a, a systemic immune response, but, like, yeah, and I just couldn't. Don't Google it if you get symptoms yeah. like that because Google tells you that it's like your days are numbered, which is not nice. But anyway, back to the what we should probably do now is so there's some kind of key nutrients to keep an eye on. And I would get on those now. And with regards to vitamin D, saying now, because in the UK we're just moving into winter, which is when you become more vulnerable. But with regards to vitamin D, what would be helpful is if you've kind of been on holiday and obviously we've had great weather here in the UK, like get your levels checked, maybe kind of, some people's levels drop really quick, some are diff- somewhat not so much. So maybe get checked, depending on what you do for the next few months, around October time, and then dose from there. Um, in terms of what the GPs are actually saying now to a lot of people is there's no point testing you, I'm just going to give you a dose. And they give 400 international units, which is like nothing. Sure. But Amazing. it is still the, it's still the kind of, Piddly. yeah, RDA. Whereas usually around 2,000 international units is kind of a nice safe maintenance dose. Some people, if you're office workers and never seen, you know, don't train outside, those kind of things, you might want to do 4,000, but I still would try and test. And then some people do need, if your skin is dark, up to 10,000, and you might need to be starting that soon. So again, just keep an eye on it and and kind of keep staying that healthy level around kind of, I would say, 70 for your vitamin D. This is in international units, by the way, not American units. And no higher than, I wouldn't go much higher than 150. But what are you talking here? Because obviously you, with vitamin D, you store it, you know, compared to obviously like the likes of vitamin C and whatnot, you know, we have a relatively quick turnover, hence the reason why the need for it on a daily basis. But vitamin D, 
you know, there isn't a necessarily a need to take it every single day as a, as a supplement. You might take a, a larger dose weekly. You might even take like a really large dose monthly. Yeah, there's different ways. And like, and GPs do that. They kind of will do injections and they'll do like high doses. Obviously, as a nutritional therapist or you guys out there don't follow that model, it's kind of safer for us to do like once or twice a week or a little bit daily. Mm-hmm. Um, like you would get sunlight exposure, really. But yeah, there are those options. You can go go to a GP. And again, you just kind of, it's, it's something to try and keep an eye on if you can. So if you can't get tested by your GP, just go to bitmandy.org.uk and they do postal test kits there. So that's wow. another option. One thing to just kind of point out, as we've kind of mentioned across the podcast, is stress. So to be in sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, has an, a kind of um, cortisol in itself has an anti-inflammatory effect, which is why you go and have cortisone injections because they can suppress the immune system, which suppresses things like pain. So they're used medically for that reason. Yeah. And they suppress inflammation. So we have, you know, kind of um, steroid creams and, and, and inhalers and things like that. But in doing so, they are suppressing immune function. So that's why they'll you go to the GP and they might recommend that or uh, that style of medication. But often say, you can only take it this many times and you can only take it for this kind of dose. For some autoimmune conditions, it's been given. But then they kind of say, you can't have it for more than six weeks or six months max because of the dangers of keeping the immune system suppressed. So right. always think about being mega stress head is just doing the same thing you know kind of pumping out loads of cortisol adrenaline think about training um those kind of things so working really hard then training really hard these are the people that often go on holiday and get sick because yeah. suddenly all the kind of you know they go into yeah. like rest and digest and yeah. stuff and then they're in trouble like in terms of then they feel quite rough as their immune system kind of comes back up and tries to deal with the stuff that it needs to deal with so always be thinking about what you can be doing now especially as you're going to become slightly more immune challenged in the next couple of months if mm-hmm. you are again saying that because we're going to go through that change of season just some kind of food superheroes here so my absolute favourite has got to be, I'm kind of torn between garlic and ginger. You can take garlic like capsules, so you can actually kind of peel garlic and take it. I know not many people are going to do this, but mm. there is a real kind of like naturopathic remedy that some people drink kind of intermittently across the winter where you chop garlic, fresh rosemary, something like manuka honey or raw honey, lemon juice, put it all, you, you actually kind of soak things like thyme and, and sage overnight. Sage is really good for Can't I just marinate my chicken in all of those ingredients? You, you, could, you could, but this is kind of more of a therapeutic dose. And then you just knock it all back. So like you take the herbs out or you can like, again, kind of like tear up the herbs and have them. So people make these drinks in the morning. That's honey, lemon, ginger, garlic, or yeah, I can imagine you smell fabulous. Or you take garlic like capsules so you can take it. Yeah. Some people it burns, some people are fine. You can put garlic... I've got a feeling not many people are going to try this. You can put garlic in the orifices. Listen, you can put garlic in the in the orifices that are infected as well. So, <laughs> look at you. Really? Yeah. So, a really old midwife remedy for thrush is... Uh, a new oh, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pop of garlic clove up there. Tie a little piece of cotton around it first. Um, and then pop it up there and it can solve it overnight because wow. it's so anti, anti-fungal and yeah but garlic generally has so many it's antiviral and antibacterial because the one thing I didn't mention earlier is if you have an infection if it's bacterial based obviously things like antibiotics are quite effective yeah. but if it's viral based antibiotics are not going to be effective and then antiviral medications are very different and if it's fungal based you, you notice that you get the the ole on the end of it like fluconazole or you know, that's the, they're more kind of antifungal medications. So as the GPs are, are aware, or mainstream medicine knows kind of which medication for which bug, it's kind of very similar to when you're looking kind of natural, What you know, look what's a natural antiviral, natural yeah. antifungal. Coconut oil is another one. It wouldn't be a bad shout to just improve. You should have good oral health anyway, but make sure you've got things like a mouthwash or you can swish coconut oil around your mouth and those kind of things. If you're getting home with a sore throat, do something. Floss. Floss, yeah. Use a, there's some nice, you know, mouthwashes that have got antibacterial stuff in them. So think about protecting yourself in terms of you pick the germs off. Yeah, you've seen that film, uh, Kimpin. No, why was it? With do? Uh, Woody Harrison. Why, what, no? It's about the bowling. No. And he comes across some kind of like, becomes powers of this Amish guy. Woody, Woody Harrison's uh, character is called Mr. Munson. And he, he's in like a bathroom. And <laughs> Miss, that'd be good. <laughs> Miss Woody Harrison's flossing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this guy comes in, he goes, uh, oh, what are you doing there, Mr. Munson? And he goes, it's flossing. <laughs> and he goes, flossing? Where did I get Munson from? <laughs> 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 Just reminded me. 
<laughs> I'll let you have that one. That was good. Um, where was I? Yeah, so think about that. You can get things like nasal sprays as well, which are, you know, like garlic nasal um, nasal sprays. If mm-hmm. you're kind of prone to like sinusy things, there's kind of a lot of um, silver is also very antiviral, antibacterial. And you get nano silver sprays that for the nose, mm-hmm. for the mouth. So think about just kind of doing something like a silver mouthwash or something like that as well. Um, to try and stop the infection kind of taking hold in the in the kind of cells that it that comes into contact with. Another thing would be obviously bump up if you're not doing already prebiotic, probiotic foods. Uh, we've listed those on several podcasts or head to the Fit Food website. We've got an article. If you just put in immune boosting, got a big article on where I list them all. What else? What else? So probiotics generally would be, again, maybe as a supplement option. If you are feeling a bit immune compromised, you might want to go a little bit higher with the dose. I ended up having antibiotics. And so as a result of that, I'm doing what's called a, a re-inoculation kind of program on myself, which is I'm dosing or titrating up a higher dose of probiotics very, yeah. very slowly, along with something called, this is a nice supplement to do. Again, it won't work for everybody, but uh, you might want to go off and read about it. Saccharomyces boulardii. It's kind of a beneficial strain of yeast that helps to increase something called secretory IgA, which is kind of like our first line defense at the gut against invaders and infections. Mm-hmm. So that's generally taken kind of in between meals and it's something I try and get you to take loads of. If you're training quite hard, stressed, it's it's a really good one because SIGA, Secretory IJ, comes down in individuals with high cortisol and and kind of they become immune compromised after that and then the gut might become a bit more kind of vulnerable, permeable, that kind of thing. So Saccharomyces boulardii is something that you might want to go off and read up on. Um, Optibac is a nice brand, Cytoplan have one as well. It's quite cheap and you take up to a kind of a gram split across the day in between meals. What else? What else? Immune boosting. Mentioned garlic, ginger. I love yeah, ginger. Yeah, you said it was a bit of a competition between ginger and garlic. Yep, in smoothies, in stews, those kind of things. All the herbs. So rosemary and sage have kind of been known, you know, medicinally forever. So dried herbs on your kind of salads and soups is a really good shout. What else? They're kind of, they're kind of the main foods. Things like broths are good because you're getting the protein as well, and obviously kind of looking after the gut and it's light on digestive system. But this kind of ties in with what we were saying, though, doesn't it? In terms of these are good any all year round. Like, yeah, like you know, just get get these kind of things down you. You know, at the end of the day, ginger, garlic, herbs, spices, all of that taste amazing. Liver pate with butter. That's going to be like loaded oh, with vitamin A. Delicious. Butter's a rich source of vitamin A, and then also you've got in there kind of well butyric acid which can be helpful as well but just moving on to i suppose a final point is you can then also look at certain herbals and other kind of non-vitamin like supplements uh, vitamin mineral supplements that you might want to take and a few that have a kind of good uh, research behind them is you might want to look at something like echinacea well known well studied um, in terms of this is very good from a kind of antiviral perspective so if you are a bit more kind of i get viruses or feel that you are you know so think about different viruses like the cold sore virus those kind of things and they start to appear again, you might want to think about echinacea now and doing a kind of dose or seeing a nutritional therapist about that. Lemon balm is another one that's that's got that kind of um, immune boosting effect. And some of these also work on kind of balancing adrenal health a little bit. So output right. of cortisol and adrenaline. So that's how they, they can be supportive. Uh, mushrooms is another one. So I'm a big fan of, we could probably do a whole podcast on this, but I'll just say medicinal mushrooms like reishi, cordyceps, maitake those kind of things we mentioned them before didn't we yeah, thank you, yeah yeah so again and there's nice things that you can put in smoothies or sprinkles to go on salads these are not the edible form by the way it has to be when you get the we want that kind of antiviral antibacterial or they're very good at boosting up like natural killer cells and different which you mean not the edible form so not just going into a supermarket and buying shiitake mushrooms right. when you get them in a supplement form chestnut yeah because the cellulose i think it's the cellulose wall has to be broken down for us to be able to get the active component and that's what the supplements do so when you buy them supplementally they've done all that and you have to take on an empty stomach usually with vitamin c for absorption to really maximize absorption but they're being studied kind of in between chemotherapy to bring up the immune system to you know um, for that kind of antiviral components um, and different ones seem to have different you know kind of properties to help with them as well so we should probably get someone on from one of the mushroom companies to talk about the different benefits because there's so much that they kind of are helpful for so yeah that's a few anyway isn't it for people to be getting going with that we've mentioned yeah and food and lifestyle and keep you busy for a bit i think it's our mission for no one to get the cold or flu over winter (laughs) yeah you know if you if you do fall sick in the uk we've got 111 to call if you're kind of concerned about your symptoms you know definitely do that as you know if they are kind of progressing or uh, or worrying you a little bit, 
But also I have to say my experience with my GP personally was amazing just yeah. in terms of them going, right, we're going to swab uh, we're going to swab your throat and everything, check exactly what it is before we give you medication. So rather yeah. than just going in, they did actually give me the antibiotics and, and say they're 99% sure it was, you know, tonsillitis. So he said, if you really are rough and want to start them, you can, but your lab results will be back in four days. I could not fault the, the care that I had. And, yeah, no, you spread very highly. The antibiotics transformed me in 24 hours. Yeah, I was you, like, you wow. You was a different person, That's amazing. Thankfully. Yeah. I wasn't a grumpy ill person. No, you weren't grumpy, but it was just like... It's more worrying. It was like your mum said, you know, like, it's not like you. And it was yeah. just really bizarre, like, seeing you like that. Because, you know, you, I'd, no, I'd not seen you like that ill for a long, long time. No, no, well, not for that long period of time. No, really, no. But, so that's it. So hopefully so this is useful. Well, I think so. Quick rundown we had. Can you remember? Vitamin A, cod liver oil... Just eat a variety of diet <laughs> <laughs> with lots of protein. Loads of herbs, loads of herbs. And get some lots of, of garlic and ginger and stick garlic in any hole that will so have I told it. You, stir fries, it's the winner. Yeah. Well, everything you mentioned near enough is in there. Yeah. Bar the liver. Yeah, we could do a liver stir fry. Right, yeah. Hamish wants to go for a walk. We need to right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, any questions whatsoever, like if you feel that you are susceptible to colds and flus and when you do get them, maybe you struggle to get rid of them and you want to maybe dig a little bit deeper, feel free to reach out and get in touch. Info at fitfood.com. Obviously, catch us on social media channels. But we will say tara and see you in episode 109. See ya. Bye.